Welcome to another episode of the Game Preview Podcast presented by LifeLock, Jets Commanders, Week 16, MetLife Stadium, the Jets, their final home game of the 2023 season. Cynthia Freeland joins us as always. John Polano batting leadoff. How do Feels we feel good. about that? Feels good. I've always been a contact guy, so I love hitting, lead- <laughs> love hitting leadoff. Were you a baseball player growing up? I don't know if I was the worst baseball player on the planet, oh. but I definitely was up there. I okay. definitely was up there. So you were the nine hitter? I was, yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. We can't do wow, it. Wow, it's that bad? <laughs> it, was, it was really nine bad. Nine hitter, right field, little league. Yeah. You could have given me two mitts. I still couldn't have caught the ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cynthia, we, we got to do something about this guy. I mean, I just I appreciate his honesty because I hate those people who come out and they're like, oh, but for this one injury in seventh grade, I would have been a pro. I would have been a Yankee. You know, no, you wouldn't have, you know, so I'd rather you just come out and be honest with it. Don't live the glory days of like middle and or early high school. Okay, so we know, Cynthia, before we move on to Jets Commanders, that you are an avid marathon runner. But what sports did you play growing up? Volleyball and soccer. In Michigan, where I was growing up, soccer was the ish. You always played soccer. Oh, and I also was a competitive figure skater. I was going to ask, there has to be something hockey or skating related. Competitive figure (laughs) skater? I was, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was something. It was, I got to find it. We'd have like all these, it was, it was a lot of sequins, um, a lot of weird outfits and, no, I, I really liked it. I, it's hard to go ice skating now because I can't do any of the things that I used to be able to do. So mm. you're just like, what's this going around in some sort of circle for? But, you know, it was <laughs> it was fun. Okay. And how how many years did the ice skating career live? <sighs> Until high school soccer. Because mm. I was, like, going mm. before school, and then I was, like, exhausted. And, and then I was like, I'm going to be cool and play high school soccer. <laughs> High school soccer. Okay. <laughs> Rock and roll. I'm sorry. Do teams have high school figure skating teams? That's a good no, question. Uh-uh. question. I nope. You have to like do it all like and then you have these like competitions on the weekends. It's it's a it's a whole it's a whole thing, you know? Yeah, I feel like I have a thousand questions. Great about exercise it. though. We what? can do a whole separate it's great, pod it's great just exercise. on. It yeah. is. It does seem like great exercise because skating is like is. I feel like you use leg it muscles is. you never even new existed until you start skating mm-hmm. and growing up in Michigan. It makes a lot of sense. Like to Polano's point, we can do a whole podcast on this. We have a thousand questions, but you're in the leadoff chair right now. Mm-hmm. I've down coined this, the leadoff chair I'm down with today. That. So lead us off. All Jets right. commanders week 16. Let me just say this as we are recording this, no word on if Zach Wilson is going to start. He's in the concussion protocol. Trevor Simeon would be the next in line to start. Uh, Robert Sala said Aaron Rodgers will be activated so that way he can keep on practicing, but he will not play in the 2023 season. And assuming or operating under the assumption that Wilson will not play, Trevor Simeon would most likely get the start, and then Brett Rippon would become the backup quarterback. No, that all makes sense. I mean, I have a couple matchups for us to run through, and I'm kind of staying in the known, staying out yep. of that gray area, staying in the green, staying out the, in the nice. Um, but so obviously, it's a holiday game. We're playing on December 24th, and I want to be very inclusive of all the holidays that happen around Love this it. time, not just the 24th. Love so, for all of these holidays, it is the season of giving and the season of being thankful. And your gift from us is going to be these two giving 
very good advice on this matchup oh and giving God. your takes because it's uh, gonna be it's gonna be great. So I have a couple matchups I want to run through and just get your guys' thoughts. Yeah, I, I'm down with that. I thought there was gonna be like a Sam Howell turnover flair to that. <laughs> like the giving season, you get an interception, you get an interception because he leads the league with 15. But you, you're just being nice to us instead. Yeah, we're really the only defense that takes away. So okay, what are you gonna do? All right, fair enough. All right, so let's start with this first one. And you actually mentioned this kind of off camera, but now that we're on, I want to talk about it. First matchup is kind of what Washington's only strength on defense, which is the interior of their defensive line versus the interior of our offensive line, which has been super banged up this year. The two guys that you hit on like before we came on were Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Do you know a ton about those guys? Alabama boys. There's a lot of Alabama interior defensive linemen in this game. Yeah. And I would say... What else do I know? Payne wears 94. Allen wears 93. They're both very good. Um, I don't know their stats off the top of my head. Well, yeah. So basically the interior of their D-line has been, their secondary has been kind of atrocious. But the interior has had 12 sacks in the last four games. Dron Payne's had three in the last four games. Um, and there are they are, this is a fun fact, they are allowing 100 yards per game rushing in their last six games. So that's been a place where they've had a little bit of strength. Um, and while on the Jets side, it's a continui- continuously flipping offensive line. Last week, they started Tomlinson, Tipman, and Hanson. But they, they really struggled to protect the passer against Miami. Ethan, as a guy who works in-house, do you think there will be any adjustments this week? With the O-line? Yeah. Well, left tackle through center, no. I guess it depends on the status of Max Mitchell for mm-hmm. me. Like, I think if Max Mitchell is healthy enough to play, he'll play over Billy Turner. And same thing with Carter Warren, because Carter Warren was starting in that spot. But if they're not, then no. And it, would, it wouldn't totally shock me. Look, I, don't, I know nothing about really offensive line play, like just <laughs> watching. I haven't like watched the All-22 of the Dolphins game. I know that the Dolphins had six sacks. But it wouldn't be a total surprise to me if maybe the Jets wanted to shake something up and play either Xavier Newman at right guard. He's done that before this season. Or... Mm-hmm potentially, if we're getting crazy, Roger Saffold's been on the practice squad a while. If they wanted to elevate him and play him there, they could. I don't know what the likelihood of that is, considering he's like an older player in the league, and I feel like when you're eliminated from the playoffs, you start to want to see like maybe what some younger guys are capable of. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets do shake it up from Jake Hansen and Billy Turner, but I think a lot of that is injury dependent yeah that just felt like a place in Miami where the game kind of was just won and lost super quickly Cynthia do you think this is a place where they could win and lose it again against this commander's team like is their interior line that good their interior line is good I think that you'll see a little bit more like some of the tricks like so for example they'll probably steal actually some of the things that Miami was doing so mixing up looks with where running backs are pre-snap how many running backs are on the field at the same time asking tight ends to do some different stuff in terms of blocking to help out so that you can have more focus on that middle because there really isn't anyone coming on the edge that's as scary I mean that guy's out in San Francisco now so (laughs) let's be honest like I think that there'll be adjustments that are more schematic I don't know necessarily if they pull someone off the practice squad etc but I think there's some scheme things that you can do to open up some outside runs, like outside zone is something that they know how to run. And Brees Hall is very well suited to do it. So even if it's short passes or if it's, you know, we, we saw a lot of like really interesting looks like actually Miami was was doing some of them, right? Like putting their tight ends in certain spots, asking, you know, like 
21 looks that are like uh, very different, like stuff like that. So I think we see some, some trickeration. Yeah. And that was just a really tough spot last week. I mean, the O-line, despite all the movement felt like it still hold up pretty consistently over the weeks. Would you agree with that? Whoever, repeat what you said. Did you feel like the O-line still held up despite all that movement for the last couple of weeks? It almost felt like last week the dam maybe kind of broke a little bit. Yeah, I feel like in the NFL, yes, but I also feel like in the NFL when there is, how do I want to phrase this? I feel like when as fans, right? Like if you're a fan and you watch a game and you're like, wow, the offensive line didn't really play well today. Mm-hmm. Just imagine what the players and coaches feel and are mm-hmm. thinking. I think that that's going to be un- obviously under a microscope on how to fix it. So I fully expect that group to play at a much better level. I understand that the commander's defense isn't good statistically. They're dead last in, to- in terms of total yards allowed per game. But to what we're talking about, like they have very good players, especially in the interior. It's a little bit of a different story without Chase Young and Montez Sweat who were traded at the deadline. But for me, I think that this offensive line, the Jets one, has talent on it. Like we've seen Mekhi Becton, Lakin Tomlinson, and Joe Tippman, those three guys specifically, play well over the course of the 2023 season. Max Mitchell has had spurts of playing well. The right guard position has just been a, re- a revolving door for the Jets. But I think that it goes back to what Robert Sala has consistently said. They like the guys, but there's just no continuity because, especially on the right side, there's always a change. There's been 11 games. The last time the Jets started two uh, of the same lines was the Denver game. Denver. <laughs> In Denver. It feels like, yeah, year, it feels like years ago. Well, and also remember, look, the Dolphins had the advantage of knowing that it was a passing down because mm-hmm. of the score. So that also changes things, too. Yeah. If you know what the offense is going to do, you can strategically run your guys in, in spots that are a little different, too. It definitely feels like a place that could potentially be Justin. All right, let's swing on to number two here. Fine. I'm not worried about – I'm not worried about – uh, the Jets win this game for me. I mean, obviously, let's just put a little asterisk there depending on health and quarterback and what's going on. But, I mean, love the it. Jets win this game. That's what we love to hear. All right. Um, we obviously, you mentioned the quarterback there who's going to play. We know who's playing for Washington. Sam Howell, despite getting benched in the fourth quarter last week against the Rams, um, Coach Ron Rivera said that he will be starting the rest of the year because they kind of want to get an evaluation, get a full season out of him. So my second matchup is the Jets secondary versus Sam Howell. Um, Jets secondary, I know it maybe had a little bit of an issue last week in Miami, but it felt like maybe just kind of everybody was a little off. They still, they've gone 32 straight games without allowing a 300-yard passer, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, And then since their Week 7 bye, they're allowing 135.8 passing yards per game, which would lead the league if it was for a full season. Right. Um, But just absolutely incredible. I kind of want to ask more Cynthia here, as somebody who doesn't watch the Commanders day in and day out, Sam Howell's numbers are so random in terms of where they rank in the league he leads the league in attempts but he has 19 touchdown passes but he leads the league in interceptions what have they seen from him this year what caused the benching last week do you remember Jameis Winston the year that he threw the most touchdowns and interceptions do you remember like you can close your eyes and you can think of that Bucks team that's kind of what we're seeing I mean obviously they're not the same person they don't run the same way but 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 I mean if you need a comp like we love comps right Sam Howell has a very strong arm. The deep ball's there. 
And they found Terry McLaurin more recently, but it seems like they weren't even using their best number one wide receiver for a long time as someone who, and again, like I was kind of forced to watch some of the games. It was a little rough sometimes, but you know, it's like the easier stuff to like a Curtis Samuel stuff. He doesn't, he, I don't know if he doesn't see it or he doesn't take it. I'm I'm not sure why I'm not in his head. I can't, you know, pretend to know, but you you have a lot of plays where an easier pass is actually available, but he's looking at, whatever the, I don't know what he's looking at, but looking at a deeper pass, it doesn't go well, but oftentimes it's been game script that he's been forced to throw these crazy amounts of passes. It's better if they could run, but they've had a lot of injuries to the run game. This O-line is not the, it's not a, it's not a top 10, top half of the league O-line. So he's kind of been under, under a lot of pressure too. So it's interesting because, but he's a gambler, man. He's <laughs> got to give it to him. He's got a lot of chutzpah, right? So you're not afraid to, to slang it. Does yeah. Sam Howell also lick his fingers when they win, like Jameis Winston, the W? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? The Jameis Winston? No, Sam, Sam Howell. Yeah. Oh, the, Sam <laughs> Howell is like a good UNC boy, you know? He's like a good, he, you know, nice kid. Very, I can tell you a lot of nice things about him from, from his personality, but he's, he's a gambler. He's a gambler. He is a gambler. I love that. One quick question mm-hmm. for you before we sure. go into the last matchup. You were in Miami. You're yes. at pretty much. You're at all these home games. You've been around for this 32 game stretch of secondary play. Just how dominant is this Jets secondary? What stands out to you? You've seen a lot of good secondaries play. You've been yeah. here for a while. What stands out? Hmm. I think. I almost think is what doesn't stand out. Like all of a sudden, like the end of the game, you're like, wow, like well, they didn't they didn't do X Y Z, and uh, specifically with Sauce, like no one really, I don't think talks about how well he's playing because he doesn't get the targets. Like, he wasn't targeted last week against the Dolphins. He's been in the league two years. There's been two games of his career now where he's taken at least 20 coverage snaps and has not been targeted. For someone to be so young and so effective is incredible. And so for me, it's like, I think the Jalen Waddle performance last week, specifically the long touchdown pass with DJ Reed in coverage, that's the anomaly. Like, when that happened, I was like, oh, wow, like that hasn't happened in a long time to this mm-hmm. Jets secondary. I, I think that it's just it's a well-schemed group, like the talents there. And this predates Sauce and DJ Reed. Like you go back to 32 games or before that, the 2021 season, like Robert Sala's defense, which started Brandon Eccles, rookie, six-round pick. MC2, fifth-round pick rookie at the time, and Bryce Hall, who was coming off a six-game stretch, coming off an ACL or a leg injury out of college. Like, that group didn't allow a ton of 300-yard passers either. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just think that the group knows what it's doing. They play sound, technical football. And I think the next step for the group, and this is what Robert Sala said in the offseason, it's just going to be taking the ball away. Whether that's Sauce, whether that's DJ, when they start to take the ball away, that'll just propel this defense to another level. So the the short answer is I don't even think something stands out. I think it's like I, I'm almost kind of taking an offensive lineman approach when you're mm-hmm. like, if you don't hear your number, you're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that for me. Absolutely, Cynthia. Do you have anything to add there before the last one? Yeah, the the only thing I'll add is with Tyreek Hill warming up and thinking he was going to play. I think that part of the problem with that game and the Jalen Waddle kind of deep passes that felt so weird and not jet defense, like 
was that they were actually using way different alignments than anything that was on film. You would have had to go back to like a lot of film. Like they didn't know Tyreek Hill was going to, like they thought he might go. I, I believe that. I'm not suggesting anything weird. I am suggesting though that there was a lot of formations. Like if you watch like all 15 weeks of the of what the Dolphins are doing line, uh, alignment wise, there was some new stuff, way different looks. And then, you know, Jalen Waddle hasn't had the type of season that it looked like he had last week. So sometimes you just have like a really good couple of breaks there that work out well for you. And then it kind of gets away from you. So there was some new stuff there for sure. No, I agree. I definitely agree with that. So we're, we're thinking Jets defense dominant performance against Sam Howell. Is that how we're all feeling? Yeah, I'd say so. I hope so. Hope so. Right, well, let's, let's manifest it. <laughs> speaking into existence. And I, I'm sorry for people who are Jets fans who are like, no, lose. <laughs> lose the game. Lose the next game. Don't lose. Lose the next game. No. Better draft pick for whoever you want. I, I understand that, but. You you're don't need a quarterback. It doesn't matter. Don't lose. If you need a quarterback, then lose. You don't need a quarterback. You got one. He's really, really good. So don't lose. That's, I agree. Yeah, that's a perfect segue into what my last matchup was. This doesn't include literal people, but is the drive to compete versus complacency. And it doesn't seem Ooh, like there's a... It that sounded cool. It doesn't seem like, at least being around the building the last three days, it doesn't seem like there's a sniff of complacency. No, I, I, I agree with that. And I think if you're... People... Uh, often people talk about leadership mm-hmm. and how whether it's a business, whether it's a football team, you start to take on like the qualities of your leaders. You know, Robert mm-hmm. Sala's not not quitting, mm-hmm. but okay, you don't want to include him. That's fine because he's a coach and players. Coaches coach, players play. It's easy to to say what you want people to do. It's different when you're the one putting on the pads and hitting people. That brings me to C.J. Mosley, the captain of this team. If there's one player in the NFL let alone the New York Jets, that I would bet money would play 110% and give 110% effort regardless if you're up by 30, down by 30, undefeated, or winless. That's C.J. Mosley, and that's the captain of the New York Jets. So I fully expect this Jets team, specifically on defense, to come out with its hair on fire and to play a very good brand of football. This is the last game, by the way, that the Jets will play in front of their home crowd Mm -hmm. in 2023. I don't know if that necessarily means something, but you always want to end the year on a good note. Four snaps into the Jets season, a lightning rod got sent through the expectations. Understood. Why don't you close it on a nice note in front of your fans who have been there at snap four in the regular season Mm -hmm. and snap 474. I made that up, but that's Sunday. (laughs) Close. Look, there's a couple of things. Let's do like the math, right? If you lose versus if you win, you still don't control. You don't get number one. Like that, that's not what's happening here. So there's a couple of things. One, you have so many players that are on rookie deal still. Um, I think Garrett Wilson would be okay if called G dubs. And then you got sauce and then you got breeze. And then you got, you know, there's a lot of people on this team, young people that are still like, you're not going to, your, your cap is okay. You have a quarterback, like stop it, figure out how to evaluate the assets that are really up for discussion and, and do that by playing your butt off. I understand that this game might not be for any sort of playoff implications, but pride is huge. 
And people talk about momentum and like a lot of analytics people, myself included, are like momentum's not real. But the thing is, is psychology is real, right? Like momentum, I don't know how people define it, but psychology, like understanding how to win, what are we doing? Are we all united and aligned with what we're trying to do? That creates a culture and that culture dictates how hard you work, how you learn, all the different things that lead to wins. So maybe you can call that momentum if you want to, but like play X doesn't mean play Y next. That's, that's not how that works. So the, the truth is, is you're not going to, you're not sucking for luck. Remember that a long time ago, <laughs> like, ah, oh, suck for luck. You're not doing that. And we, by the way, we don't even know how this draft will net out. Like if you were a team that needs a quarterback, like sometimes people say Caleb Williams, sometimes people say Drake may, then there'll be this and then this and then this and like everything will change between now and then there are a number of good offensive linemen in this draft class. <clears throat> there are, and you know, who knows that Joe Douglas, right? So stop worrying about it. Like win. That's it. Also just for the, to Cynthia's point, just uh, real quick, whoever's being discussed as a prospect right now, I understand that they're talented players. Mm -hmm. There will be like 10 to 15 more players that come out of nowhere and shoot up into the top 10. This is the way the draft mm -hmm. always works. So, Obviously, being well-invested in Jets Twitter, everyone's like, Joe Alt, sign him up. Notre Dame left tackle. He's yeah. going to be He's 20 years old. He's 6'8", blue-chip prospect. I understand all that. I think fans are concerned, like, you There's win a, a game, you're going to you're gonna miss out on Joe Alt. There's inevitably going to be somebody mm -hmm. who's going to shoot out of nowhere, potentially overtake whoever it is as the number one tackle prospect or be right there with him. So let's just see where the chips fall. Was right? Brees Hall the number one, was the number <laughs> one running back taken in his class? Exactly. Right. No, exactly. And would you, would you like someone else? Also? No. So like, relax. Like it's, it's just too much. There's too much time. And again, the only time, like if I'm Carolina, that's interesting because like, obviously the bears get their pick, but like, they're not getting out of that spot. They're already locked in. It sucks to be in their building. I can tell you, they're not having fun. Like, it's not like they're like, hey, things are going to be great. We're giving this pick to the Chicago. Then we're going to have another one that's also, <laughs> well, like, no one's happy there. Like, that stinks. That's really hard to live with. So don't wish it on anyone. Try to win. We only get a few more of these games. We get three more rolls of the dice. Like, we're good. It'll be fun. I think it goes back to what Aaron Rodgers was saying. Jets fans, it'll be a long offseason, mm -hmm. but it'll be, it'll be worth it in the end. Like, Aaron Rodgers coming back. The defense it has almost all of its pieces coming back. Obviously, yes. obviously, like there's going to be guys that come and go. Sure, whatever. Totally understand. Yep. Most of the defense is coming back. It's a great group. You reload on offense. I think Garrett Wilson just immediately gets better with a guy like Aaron Rodgers under center, no doubt about it. We saw like glimpses of it in the preseason to have that over 18 weeks, 17 games. Good things are going to happen to the New York Jets. Whether they win this game has no impact on that mm -hmm. okay okay right. so that that's okay okay can, we've solved all the problems of the world now we're here. yeah if i can just add one more thing and my mind just keeps keep going back to this place but i keep going back to the detroit lions of last year they get to that final game in week 18 they think they still have a shot obviously they had some great momentum winning a bunch of games down the stretch but they get eliminated right before the game by the four o'clock hour. And then they play the Green Bay Packers who have a shot to make it into the postseason. Sorry, Rogers. I know that's our guy now, but they play their asses off and it translates straight into the next season where they just have expectations. And they feel good about themselves. And I don't see why we can't do that. Yeah. I think it's definitely a very different scenario. I know. Yeah. I was going to say different scenario, but you know what? Yeah. No, I think the analogy holds. Yeah. 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 And it, you like, close the season. Like, 
Yeah. Right. Like you, all you want to do is find a team of guys that you want to be playing with alongside. Like, trust me, there are a lot of teams with not the good juju going on right now. You guys have like the team likes each other and everyone, as soon as Aaron gets back, like, and, I mean, I know he's there, but as soon as he's on the field, you're going to see also like <laughs> some swagger, some extra swagger. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see what happens. And, you know, for more on not really this matchup as a whole, but just, messaging to the team where the Jets stand, looking a little bit into 2024, and a little matchup flair. Here is head coach Robert Sala. Aaron Rodgers indicated earlier this week that he won't play this season, but what can you say about how hard he worked himself to get to a point where it was even a consideration? It's amazing. Like I've said, you can you can question someone's why and all the narratives around it, but you cannot question his heart and his... Uh, uh, his desire to get back here as quickly as he can, and you know, uh, and he's not even going to stop yet. I mean, he's he's not he's not calling it quits in terms of just trying to coast through. He's grinding. He wants to make sure he has an unbelievable off season. Um, his intent is to to win a championship, and uh, and I believe him. What's your reaction when he talks about not only playing in 2024? But beyond that, I don't know. I, I'm not surprised. I always thought he's he was going to try to. I I think he's going to play further than 25. Be honest with you, I think he'll play until till his wheels fall off. And uh, he's just that type of competitive person. But um, uh, you know, he's got obviously he's got his. Uh, you got to talk to him, obviously. But uh, but I, I think he'll go as long as he can. What does he provide on the practice field? Just watching him go through individual drills, take the snaps from under center, go on the boots, and just throw the ball in seven and seven. Uh, that that stuff is good. It's uh, obviously it's part of the, part of the job, quote unquote. But you know what? I think what people miss, uh, he brings life to the group uh, in terms of just the little side conversations, the smack talking with the defense, the. Uh, interaction that he has with his teammates, uh, playing a prank on a coach, you know, whatever it might be, just to uh, keep guys engaged, keep guys having fun out there, which is always the one thing that you can can lose in this game once in a while. But um, but just his it's his presence uh, and just knowing how to be a, a good human and a good teammate. It was improbable going into last weekend, but once you guys are officially eliminated from postseason contention, what do you say to the guys when they get back here? The message doesn't change. Um, you know, we're still preparing for something bigger. Uh, I know it may not happen this year, but there's there's things that we're all playing for. Uh, whether you're still uh, in your contract year, whether it's still a young guy trying to find a way to get better pro to propel himself into 2024, uh, whatever your why is, uh, it's really important that guys reconnect to that and understand that. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I've never subscribed to the idea that players stop playing. Um, they get it. When you step across the white line and you put a helmet on, your resume is being built. And um, so I've never ever prescribed to the, even the thought that a, a player quits. Uh, they go out there every time they step on the field, they play their absolute best. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But um, I have yet to, to come across a player who has quit uh, just because the season was over. Can you speak to the roller coaster that is the National Football League? One week you guys are trouncing the Houston Texans at home, and then obviously you don't play up to your standards against the Dolphins. Yeah, it's, uh, it is, it's a week-to-week -week league, and, uh, and, and no one understands that more than the, than the athlete and the coach. Um, you know, every week is independent of one another, and 
just as high and as good as we felt after the Houston game and the week leading up to the uh, Miami game, um, it's flipped. But you got to hit the reset button. You got to get yourself ready to play. And and like I said, you're, you know, all it takes is one week and everything flips again. Let me ask you about some young guys who continue to send. Jeremy Ruckert, I think he's got about 16 catches now, but 11 of them have come in the last five games. What are you seeing from Ruck? Uh, Ruck's been outstanding since the day he walked in this building. Um, you know, you know what, what's impressive about him is that it feels like he's getting stronger as the year is uh, going on. I think he's done a great job taking care of his body, but in the past game, his ability to get those contested catches and um, giving those quarterbacks confidence, if you just put it in his vicinity, he'll go find a way to pluck it. Uh, finding extra yards when he does catch the ball to drop step, get vertical, and uh, uh, and try to drag defenders. But he's he's been awesome. He's been an awesome teammate, um, and uh, you know really excited about uh, about him and how he can finish the season. Izzy Bonaconda, he's getting some touches here down the stretch. A rookie in a very talented backfield behind Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. What do you like from Izzy, and also can you talk about his process that he's gone through? Yeah, I uh, love Izzy's juice, his speed. Uh, he's a good young man. Uh, he's been working hard and uh, he's been patient, obviously, he, and uh, throughout the year for his opportunity. But you know, he's going to get more opportunities, and um, and he's been he's been straining, trying to figure out ways to get onto the football field. And he's got a lot of juice. Uh, just on the few touches he had in the Miami game, you could see a lot of his speed and his juice show up. And um, so excited about his progress in the direction he's going. Flipping to the defensive side of the ball, we often talk about Bryce Huff. If I told you before the season he was going to lead your team with three games remaining with eight sacks, and he was second in the National Football League in sacks among undrafted free agents, what would you have said? Uh, not surprised. Uh, Bryce is a, uh, a darn good football player. Uh, what's great about Bryce is he's kind of evolved this game to be more reliable in first and second down. Um, but still not sacrificing his ability to throw that fastball, which is his ability to, pass, to rush the passer. And, uh, but he's, he's been working hard at it. Um, he's a good young man, and he, you know, he's, he's a guy that uh, will continue to get better as his uh, career progresses. Solomon Thomas, uh, he's not an old guy. He's not quite a young guy either. Career high, five sacks. He kind of flies under the radar, doesn't he? And you're going to have to depend on him even more here down the stretch with some injuries in the middle. Yeah, and he's 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 been hurting too, you know. But he's uh, he finds a he's been finding a way to get himself prepared to play uh, every week, get himself to Sunday, taking care of his body, being a pro, and um, really excited for Sally. You know, uh, it's known that we drafted him in San Francisco with the third overall pick, and um, thought he did a really nice job in San Francisco. Uh, but uh, the one thing I think that has always eluded him was were those sack numbers, and it's great to see him get those opportunities and, and be able to get to the quarterback. And he gets to it just by his sheer heart and determination and, and the way he plays. He's absolutely relentless, and um, it's awesome to see him. I'm obviously one of Sally's biggest fans, so he's, uh, um, he's awesome. How about T.A. here in that starting spot at the safety position out of camp, and now he's been a regular in the defensive backfield? Yes, uh, T.A., Again, we you know we, we joke around, but it's not a joke. He's an energy giver. Uh, he plays with so much juice and energy. The guys love him. Uh, he communicates really well. Uh, he's had some battle scars this year, but to be expected on a first year of safety. But at the same time, he's gotten better and better and better, and he's made some really good plays for us. And uh, he's a guy that uh, I think is going to continue to ascend in the right way. And um, and he's going to be a staple here for a while. How do you go about preparing for the Commanders? Because last week they played both 
young quarterback, Sam Howell, and also Jacoby Brissett. Go off of the information we got, and uh, you know all, we're anticipating Sam, obviously. But uh, either way, they've got a system that they run. They're both effective at running it. Uh, Sam has gotten a lot better uh, just watching the tape. Um, he's a good little quarterback. Uh, they've got a good offense. Uh, Eric is doing a really nice job over there uh, um, orchestrating the, uh, the concepts and the run game and all that. But um, talented group, uh, and it's going to be a challenge. How does Bionami try to attack now? I mean, obviously he's got a different situation. No Patrick Mahomes there, but and you talked about the young quarterback. But they seem like they sling it around quite a bit. Oh yeah, they uh, and they do a good job with it. Uh, concepts they run are difficult. I'm not going to get into the to what kind of concepts we're seeing, but um, you know, quarterback is doing a really nice job standing in the pocket and delivering the football, and uh, um, he can make every throw on the field. And uh, you know, like I said, he's, he's an impressive young man watching tape. I wasn't expecting much, and what I've seen is uh, a dude that's got a definite future in this league as a starter. Offensively for you guys, is it just a matter of confidence and making sure, hey, listen, just follow the call, take care of your own job, and then we'll go from there? Yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't long ago, about 10 days ago, that we put 30 and a half, right? So there's, there's confidence there. Uh, um, it's just consistently doing it again and uh, trusting in yourself, trusting in your teammate and uh, um, being responsible for your for your job and your job only. And, and then from there, if everyone takes care of their job, everything will be fine. And uh, but, you know, we've we've got a lot of faith in our guys and uh, we're going to have an opportunity to, to to strap it up and go at it again. And uh, and if we play consistent, we, we feel good about our chances. Let's end here. What are the challenges for a coaching staff that you play? Sunday, which is Christmas Eve. Christmas is Monday. Then I guess you'll have a full day Tuesday. You got to travel to Cleveland on Wednesday. You play the Browns on Thursday. Coaching staff is easy uh, for the players. It's it's really, uh, you know, we're we're kind of always in the office anyway. But uh, for everyone else, you know, just uh, um, you know, Christmas falling on a Monday. Obviously, I'm sure it'll be hard for some guys. But uh, but at the same time, um, I think our families understand that we got some we got some work to do. We got some unfinished business and. Uh, um, we'll still have opportunities uh, to celebrate celebrate Christmas in the Sala household. It might not be on Monday, but it could be on, uh, on Sunday night. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Heads up, Jets fans. There are more identity threats than most people realize, and you can't catch them all on your own. It takes a team. LifeLock catches the identity threats you could miss. If something happens, your own U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it, backed by our million-dollar protection package. Plus, Jets fans can score 35% off their first year. Go to lifelock.com slash Jets or use promo code Jets at checkout. That's 35% off lifelock.com. Great stuff from Coach Sala from EA. Cynthia, I just want to close with this on this episode of the Game Preview Podcast presented by LifeLock. You had mentioned earlier that you got a Jets win. Despite the fact Jets, this is the first game where they've officially been eliminated from playoff contention. So no postseason hopes, no postseason dreams, again, for the green and white. What makes you confident that this group can win Sunday and close out their home slate in front of their crowd with a W? The defense, 100% the defense. I understand, you know, like the offense needs to score some points, but that defense makes things so much different. Washington's defense has been so vulnerable. You know, re-watching the game against the Rams, there were some interesting spots. Like if you watch, it's kind of like the Rams sort of like let their foot off the gas after a while. And, and, got, and so don't look at the final score and say that's indicative of how this Washington team could play because it's not. 
um, it, it was it was a far more lopsided game if you watch all of the snaps. Yeah, I think that you know this is definitely a very winnable game for the Jets. Wouldn't you agree, Polano? Absolutely, feels good. Yeah, so you know we'll we'll see what happens. I think that I think you'll have a good feeling on it if the Jets will win this game early because I think you'll if they come out fiery, mm-hmm. which we expect them to do. I think that you'll get a sense like okay. Jets are here. Jets are closing the season strong. Let's rock and roll. Before we close, close, obviously, Christmas Eve is the 24th. We'll start in Rochester. The leadoff chair. The leadoff chair. You're going back to Rochester, the rock? Yeah, so we play at 1, obviously. Yeah. Hopefully we wrap up maybe like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Sure, sure. Hop in the uh, the old Honda Civ. Rip down the uh, don't know what the name of the street is. Get out, get out, <laughs> rip, of, rip out of MetLife yeah, Stadium. Rip out of MetLife Stadium and uh, all the way back to the Rock for a little uh, home cooking. And we're not stop. Nice. Are, are we stopping on the road? Like maybe you know bathroom break, take some water, or just <sighs> trying to power through. Man, if I've probably driven back and forth maybe like ten times in the last couple months. I think I probably nine out of ten times I don't stop. So yep. we'll <laughs> see. Yep. I'm more of a power through That's kind impressive. of guy. Cynthia, what about you? You got the family in town. Yeah, there's eight of us. So luckily my dad's finally, my dad had not been feeling so great for the past couple of years, but he finally feels well enough to attend a football game. So the Chargers play the Bills on the 23rd and my whole family, there's eight of us are going to all go to the game. I'm I feeling so lucky that like my dad, like I said, he hasn't really wanted to, he hasn't been up for it. He's been so sick, but he told me, he's like, I'm ready to go to a game again. So we get to all spend the day watching a football game in person at SoFi Stadium so I, I just feel so lucky that he's finally feeling well enough to do it. Yay. I think that is the perfect way to close yeah. the Wait, holiday. you have to tell us what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing on. anything. I will be sitting in my apartment <laughs> hanging out. And my parents are actually going out to your neck of the woods because it's my mom's birthday that week. So there's like, you know what, Ethan, I'm sorry. It's cold here. It's warm there. We'll see you when we see you. So we're going to hang out uh, Saturday and Friday, and then that's about it. Great. And then they'll That's enjoy awesome. the L.A. weather. So on that note, I hope both of you have a very wonderful holiday. Enjoy the game, Cynthia. We'll, we're going to enjoy the Sunday game. And then we'll rock and roll on a short week when the Jets take on the Cleveland Browns on Thursday Night Football. Thank you.